Hi, I'm Marty. Welcome to Light in My Eye Scripture Podcast. It only takes a few minutes to spend time in Scripture and feel and be the better for it. Come be refreshed by the Word. Hey guys, good morning. So um, today I'm in 3rd Nephi chapter 9. And just to kind of sum up where we're at really quick, there have been all of the prophecies of signs that would indicate um, Christ being crucified over in Jerusalem. And so the people in the Americas have, like there's been a huge storm blow in and it's been dark, like they can't even light fires. There's been earthquakes. There's been cities falling into the ocean and getting buried by mountains and catching on fire. There's been all of this destruction and they're experiencing all of it in pitch black. Nobody can see a thing. So of course, everybody's totally stressed out, freaked out, scared to death. And and they're experiencing all of this stuff, and then they hear a voice. And this voice starts telling them about all the cities that have been destroyed. And keep in mind, like, there's no social media, there's no internet, there's no, you know, getting the minute-by-minute reports on what's happening elsewhere. People only know what they're experiencing in their own pitch-black three feet, right? (laughs) So they hear this voice and it starts listing all the cities that have been destroyed, the different kinds of destruction that have fallen upon these different cities and these cities that have been destroyed. And if, you know, if you want to look it up or you're following along in verse 12, It says, and many great destructions have I caused to come upon this land and upon this people because of their wickedness and their abominations. O all ye that are spared, because ye were more righteous than they, will ye not now return unto me and repent of your sins and be converted that I may heal you? So that verse, that is a banner verse, like, The people that are hearing this voice were spared death because they were more righteous, but they still are being told to repent and to come unto Christ. So the first takeaway there is there's just always room for repentance. But I want to take a good close look at repentance because I think a lot of times it gets a really bad rap. So what does Jesus say? He says, return unto me, repent of your sins, and be converted. And then the promise is, I will heal you. So return to Jesus. Like, if they were more righteous, you'd think they hadn't ever left, right? But we can always be doing a better job of turning back to him and focusing more of our attention on him. And, and for the sake of the rest of our discussion, I'll, you know, I'll leave it at that for returning to Jesus, but repent. Um, 
One definition of repentance is a change of mind and heart that gives us a fresh view about God, about ourselves, and about the world. I personally have come to define repentance as letting go of anything ungodly and turning back to God and trying again to be like him. The next thing that Jesus says is to be converted. I, you know, I love looking up words, even if I know what they mean. I love looking up the definitions and seeing all the different like nuances and, and cool, juicy things that we can get out of the meaning of the word. So I looked up convert. To convert is to cause to change in form, character, or function. It is to adapt to make it suitable for a new purpose. And interestingly enough, in football, to convert is to advance far enough to earn a first down, basically restarting how many chances they get. So Jesus is all about giving us more chances. And I love the idea of being changed and therefore better suited to a new purpose. I personally want servant of God to be the purpose that I'm adapted to, that I am changed and made more suitable for, right? And then what he promises is that he may heal us. If we return unto him and repent and be converted, he will heal us. But it's not the repenting and converting that lets Jesus heal us. Not, capital N-O-T, not because we earn that healing in any way, shape, or form. Okay, excuse me, I said that first sentence wrong. It is the repenting and converting that lets Jesus heal us, but not because we earn it. I think of it this way. If the ungodly thoughts or behaviors that keep me torn up inside are like a fire, Jesus can heal my hands, but I won't really feel the effects of the healing if I keep sticking my hands right back into the fire. But if repentance and conversion wipe away or ease my desire to keep sticking my hands in the fire, I will finally be able to feel the healing that he gives me. And none of it is an arrival point. It's a circular, ongoing process. I turn away from something ungodly. My desire increases to pursue godly things. Jesus heals me of the effects of the choices that I've made. And I'm better able to see how a thought or a habit is ungodly. I seek Christ's help to turn my back on that thing too. And on it goes. So here's a thought that just occurred to me that I want to explore. I've said before that nothing is really inherently evil. Money, sex, power, etc. And I get the word nothing might be strong, but I've really, I've had a hard time finding any exceptions. Anyway, the idea is, is that money or anything else isn't in and of itself good or bad. It's all in how you view it and how you use it. Do you make something a tool for good? Or is it more important to you than family or God? Like those are good measuring sticks. So to go back to what I was saying a minute ago about that circular process, in that process, if we keep turning to Christ, repenting, being converted and being healed, 
our mistakes that we make are actually an opportunity to draw closer to our Savior as we recognize our need for him and we feel his healing love. So here's the question. Is sin in and of itself bad? If I define repentance as letting go of anything ungodly, big or small, and trying again to be more like my Father and my God, I think it is fair to define sin as anything, big or small, that keeps me from aligning myself with a godly character. So, sin all by itself is going to be kind of a triggery word. But if we can take like all the emotional baggage out of that word and just define sin as anything big or small that keeps us from aligning ourselves with a godly character, then we can pursue this question that I want to ask. What if the real good or bad that comes from the choices I make, okay, what if the real good or bad comes from the choices that I make surrounding any sin? Does it keep me feeling justified? Or do I use it as an opportunity to draw closer to my Savior? Do I keep using the beliefs, the thoughts, the actions as excuses? that keep me turned from my savior? Or do I look at those mistakes and own it and use it as an opportunity to draw closer to him? I get that this approach can feel kind of uncomfortable and maybe ruffle some feathers, but this is the takeaway that I'm after. Making mistakes, making dumb choices, or even doing things that are royally wrong or stupid are not the deciding factor. Our responses when we do those things are, Do we blame? Do we cover up? Do we double down? Or do we say, dang it, and turn again and again and again and again back to God? Guys, we're going to make mistakes. It sucks. I hate it too. I don't like how dumb I can be. But we are not helping ourselves if we're caught up in shame or guilt or putting ourselves down because we make mistakes, let's just finally admit it. Let's just finally accept it. We're going to do a lot of dumb crap while we're here working through being mortal. But if we can just own that and be like, okay, yeah, that stuff happens and just keep turning back to God, keep rejoicing in the beauty of what our Savior offers us in the process of repentance and conversion. Man, how liberating that will be. So that is my prayer for myself. That is my prayer for all of you, that we can actually start viewing repentance as a joyful, beautiful cycle. It is not I don't think it has to be the drudgery and the misery that it is often painted to be. I think we can make repentance a truly joyful experience where we draw closer to our Savior. And what can be better than drawing closer to our Savior? So let's take the yuck out of the word repentance. And let's take the the hide and not look at it out of the word sin. 
and just say, Jesus, here I am. I screwed up. <laughs> Come into my life and rejoice in that process. So there's my long-winded prayer for us. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. It's so great to get to take some time to study the scriptures together. And in whatever challenges you are facing, I hope that it is bringing you some peace and some joy. Because it is true that even in our difficulties, there are blessings that surround us and good gifts that have been given to us from God. So I'll close with Psalm 118.24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it.